Hello and welcome to Mimazine on Air, This Girl Does. Sadly, the facts are clear. Ultimately, men play and watch more sport than women. Female participation also follows this trend, declining with age. According to the Women's Sport Foundation, by 14, girls are dropping out of sport at twice the rate boys do. Girls at a young age are bombarded with images of external beauty, not those of confident, strong, athletic role models. But I'm happy to say that this is changing. There are countless positive role models inspiring women of all ages in all aspects of sport. Yet, female athletes, and generally women in sport, are still not equal with men's. You simply have to Google female athletes to see this. The first headline which came up titles 30 hottest female athletes who dominate their sport. And this is just the start. The Ballon d'Or host recently asked the first female winner, Ada Heidelberg, to twerk on stage and receiving her award proving some men still can't cope with women's sport. Headlines regarding female athletes and women's sport either don't reach our front pages, an example being England's women's football's success, being an afterthought to their male counterparts, or the focus often being on their image or other trivial matters. One recent article on the GB women's hockey team didn't focus on their achievements or talents, but the fact they pose a new difficulty to coaches as women athletes take things to heart more than men. Funnily enough, this article was written by a man. Why is there such inequality within sport meant to be one of the great levellers? Involvement, pay, exposure, facilities to name it a few. Why are women so much less likely to make a career out of sport? Well, luckily, to answer these questions, I have with me one of my very favourite people and also brilliant guests. Welcome, Lorna Cruikshank, to Museum Air. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. Now, Lorna is a full-time athlete with Scottish hockey, but her credentials run far, far beyond that. So, Lorna, please tell us a bit about yourself. So, I am currently studying a Master's in Management at Durham University. Um, This was the decision that I made so that I could stay and play hockey at this uh, wonderful uni for a little bit longer. Um, I also studied my undergraduate here in Sport, Exercise and Physical Activity, which I absolutely loved. Uh, love the university and love the degree. Um, on a day-to-day basis, I've still got to keep up my studies as well as my training regime with the Scottish Senior Women Hockey Team, um, which is challenging but fun, and the rewards are definitely better than the 6am starts. <laughs> so on a day-to-day basis, can you talk us through how you juggle this full-time um, athlete and master's degree um for example take us through one of your mondays science six yeah it doesn't sound too fun no so um every day i will have a diary that i have to kind of tick each box um as the day goes on so that might be a running session or a gym session or a speed session um so it's just kind of about juggling that to fit in with my lectures my seminars and also my training with Durham University so a Monday my week tends to be loaded front heavy so my Mondays and Tuesdays are they are pretty grim with um (laughs) conditioning and speed and gym and then it kind of tailors off towards the end of the week Um, So a Monday would maybe have a conditioning session in the morning and then I'd probably go to some classes. That's a good thing to do. Yeah, probably should (laughs) keep going to those. Um, And then gym in the evening as well as training with the Durham team on a Monday evening as well. 
And just for listeners note that you're based in Durham, but you do spend a lot of time travelling between here and um, Edinburgh, where yeah. most of the Scottish is. It's actually in Glasgow, but Glasgow, yeah. You're travelling up north anyway. Mm, travelling um, so up. So you spend a lot of time travelling, a lot of time in Durham, in Scotland. That is quite a lot to take on. I mean, do you have... you? I know you're a very organised person but with the diary and everything, but do you have to be quite disciplined with work, training... I'm trying to get right, or are you quite uh, easy, come, easy, go kind of oh, I'm very, I'm very much a planner. Um, I like to schedule my time so that I can try and get everything done. But ultimately, I am quite a last-minute girl, and that's just something I've got to accept, unfortunately. Trying to change that, trying to get on top of things. Um, but yeah, it's tricky, because when you know you've got a camp coming up, for example, the main thing for me is that I don't want to be distracted when I'm at a mm-hmm. camp. So I don't want to be thinking, oh, I've got this essay to do. Oh, I've still got that bit of seminar prep to do, whatever. I want to be able to go to a camp because we don't get that much time together as a squad. And it's important that the time that we do have, we make use of. Um, so just for me, I want to be present at that camp. I don't want to be thinking, oh, I should be doing my uni work. Oh, I've not had enough sleep or whatever. So, yeah, it's important to try and think about those things ahead of time. I love that. I think it actually applies to daily life in general as well, that she being present in the moment so you can fully enjoy anything that you do. Completely agree. And in regards to fueling your sport, as you just said, you do quite a lot of it, nutrition. Let's talk about performance, the points of diet, timings. What is that for you? So for me, I'm, I like to be eating a lot. So I tend to have... <laughs> I like to eat a lot. That is a great line. I'm definitely... definitely look at so for me, I definitely prefer to go by the little and often. Um, but again, that is just depends on what works for you. Um, and I know some people would rather have a big meal and then have smaller snacks, whereas I'd rather have maybe five meals in a day and they'd just be slightly smaller. I don't like feeling too full when I'm playing sport because for me thinking about the fact that my stomach is literally jumping up and down when I'm running around on the hockey pitch isn't the best. But equally, you don't want to be standing there ready to inject a short corner and think, I could really do a snack right now. (laughs) Now, I've heard a lot of um, differing opinions, let's say, on timings when it comes to performance, fueling your performance. I know it is a very individual thing, like you said, but do you think it's better to eat an hour before or just before or... What the time is that bringing carbs? Uh, I think there's thing carb loading. Do you explain that a bit, or do you have like a a plan which you follow? We've been given any kind of guidelines. So we have access um, to nutrition support um, with the Scottish stuff, which is I've not personally made use of yet, but it is definitely something that I would like to make use of. Um, nutrition is something I find quite interesting. So so far, I've just kind of gone off what I've read or what I don't know what I feel is best for me for people who don't know Lorna is a little bit of a foodie she's doing very very um gracious here (laughs) I know a little bit about nutrition Lorna knows quite a lot she's very well informed and I can tell you now she's a great brunch partner (laughs) or food partner you ever need ever need a a coffee date Um, yeah for me I prefer to have like a bigger meal a week like quite a bit before so that it digests and I start to feel the benefits of it and then I'll probably have a snacky thing just before and what would these meals look like would they be 
um, what they've been made up of. Are we talking like a pasta dish? Or... Yeah, it, it depends on when it is in the day, to be honest, because if I've got training early morning, I'm not going to wake up at 6am and have a big bowl of pasta, because to me that seems a bit little weird. If that's your thing, then be my guest. But well, there's a breakfast. <laughs> for me, I'd probably have... I'm really into my oats at the moment, which I know you'll be loving. Um, porridge Appreciation Yeah, Porridge Appreciation Society. Um, especially in those winter months, getting up and having something that is like warming but also so filling yeah. is great. And again, you can totally tailor that. You can have a big portion of oats or you can have a small portion of oats, depending on when you're training, how much you're going to be doing mm. and how hungry you are at the time, which I think is great. So before exercise, um, I would tend to have quite a carb-heavy meal, um, just trying to gear myself up and um, have enough energy to last a hockey match because ultimately 70 minutes of hockey, you need a lot of energy. Um, then post-exercise, I think there's this big thing about um, like protein after exercise and you need that to replenish your um, muscles and repair your body, which is so true, but it's also so important to um, replenish your carbohydrate source which I think a lot of people neglect. Massively, yeah. I think it's yeah, um, and I think people kind of think carbs before, protein after, done deal. But actually, like, if you're burning that much energy, you're going to need to replenish that. Um, and I think that that's something that people forget. I think it's interesting to add that, that, correct me if I'm wrong, but you need carbohydrates to build muscle. It's not just the proteins that you need. You need the carbs to um, actually form those compounds to build the muscle. 100%, because if you think about it, if you're exercising, carbohydrates are your body's main energy source. Mm-hmm. And if your body doesn't have that, then what are you what are you using for that energy? You're just going to feel fatigued. You're going to not be able to perform at your um, like best potential. And I think it is so, so important. And I, I definitely find that um, when I'm on a roll with my exercise and I'm eating well and I'm training well, that's, you can see the perform, like you can see it in your performance. And I think that I had last term I had a lot of deadlines and um, it got quite tricky because I kind of thought I was managing it I thought I was sleeping enough I thought I was eating enough and I thought that I was training well but actually I ended up having fitness testing in the start of January just after I'd had a big block of um, work in and I thought I was doing fine but actually that was a massive teller for me mm-hmm. and I hadn't been managing that well enough and I think it's tricky because you can think that you're just ticking along doing everything correctly, but it does make such a difference. And I don't think people actually like realise how much of a difference it does make. And you only realised this when you did the testing. Yeah, so we do this thing called a 30-15 fitness testing. I think you will have done that for me. I have Sophie. done a few times in the past, yes. Yeah, um, and for me, like that's... I used to get totally freaked out mentally about it. Couldn't get past a certain level, then couldn't get past another level, um, but kind of know my baseline now. Um, so when I did that at the start of January and I got, I think I was maybe either 1.5 or 2 levels lower than I usually get, I was like, oh my word, what Something's is going on here? Like it. And it was the weirdest feeling because my legs felt fine. Um, my cardio like ability felt fine. I was breathing fine, but I just couldn't push myself to go that extra speed and um, I genuinely think it was down to the fact I had a massive workload on. I wasn't eating as well as I should have been. And I wasn't sleeping as well as I should have been. It's funny how your body can actually tell you sometimes, hold on. Yeah. Something's not going right here. You need to adjust a little bit. Yeah. And I ended up having a massive breakdown after it, which is just silly because I knew there was loads of things um, affecting me at that time. And I knew that I should, like, it probably wasn't an accurate reflection of how fit I actually was. Mm. But at that moment, that snapshot, when we did that fitness testing... I wasn't prepared for what I needed to be. 
and that was a real teller because I thought I was just ticking along managing it all fine but actually yeah no I think that's really interesting I think it is amazing our body body's ability um, in both performance and training for that performance but sometimes it's even better than us at maybe just telling us slightly oh we're not quite there yet or not feeling too great today so when it comes to competitions is there anything that you change do you have any pre-competition rituals kind of superstition is there a difference between your training and competition so that's something actually that has been like a big focus um in performance sport recently trying to almost mirror your um in competition like being so yeah your mindset your training load everything and everything that we do is preparing us to perform at a certain level um so that when we go away for competitions um and you've got game upon game upon game you're prepared for that workload um and i think all the kind of extra things that people don't necessarily always think about like your lifestyle support and your things like nutrition um it's also important and trying to maintain that in your day-to-day um, training regime so that when you go away to competition you can do that as well um, I think it's really important because you don't want to go away to competitions and be thinking oh this has changed this has changed this has changed you want you want to try and keep it as um, similar and as kind of a familiar and environment as possible don't you so that you have the ability to perform at your best mm-hmm. level and as you said you do spend more than the average person, probably time-wise, in the gym or... Um, I do love the gym. <laughs> or uh, trying to get the best out, out of your body, prepare yourself for these competitions, which are extremely taxing. The gym more generally, I know that you have um, no qualms, no kind of um, worries or um, stereotypes which you face when you go to the gym. What is your experience of kind of working out in quite a stereotypically male environment yeah so actually I was in the gym um yesterday evening and it was so I'd gone in with a plan I was going to do a bit of conditioning and then I was going to do um some like squats and stuff so I needed the rack for that um and I walked into the gym and the whole weight section was filled with males testosterone that is definitely a thing (laughs) it is so true it's so true um, and especially in like s- smaller gym environments, which, so I just use the college gym and it's a lovely gym. It's just been redone, but it is quite a small space and there's like two squat racks and then a kind of weights area. And then through the doors, there's like a cardio kind of area and there's treadmills and bikes and uh, cross trainer rowers. And um, the amount of times that I've been in that area and I've been the only female in the weight section and you've got people who I've spoken to afterwards and they're like oh yeah I've kind of got this um little plan and you know everything that goes up on Instagram nowadays and it's great and you've got like influencers posting little workouts that here's a little 15 minute workout try it for yourself and um I was speaking to a girl and she was like I'm just embarrassed to do that I don't want people to think oh I'm just doing a little white girl workout why why should you be embarrassed when you go into the gym? Like you're doing something that's good for your mental well-being. It's good for your physical well-being. Yeah. And I think it's really sad that some people think that they can't go and do what they want to do. Do you think that? I mean, that is definitely a stereotype. Um, but kind of what does that entail? Like the woman, that women always have to go to cardio, and men are in the waiting. That is the the crux of the stereotype. Or I think that's something that's been built up in society over quite 
a bit of time and don't get me wrong it's definitely definitely getting better mm. um but i think if you look at I don't know famous athletes that um are competing at really high levels and very very like strong um very empowering women that can go and um i think athletics athletes are really impressive like oh hugely some of those uh, women the, the the speeds they run at it's so impressive and um you've got some of them being kind of humiliated in the media sometimes or um, not being... The focus isn't actually on their athletic ability. It's on how they look when they're doing so. Um, And I think that if you've got a young woman who wants to go to the gym, wants to work out um, for to, don't know, be healthy or whatever, if you've got kind of in the media people being slated for doing this, how is that going to make you feel? If you're a young woman who just you want to go and do what you want to do in the gym and you don't want you don't want to have anyone saying anything about it. But if you see these people who are doing really, really, really well in their sports and they're still getting targeted for how they look or what like how they what they wear when they're doing that, how is that then going to make you feel? Because I know Jasmine Sawyers recently spoke out about this that she when she is in really yeah, good shape. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right when she's in you don't explain it um, better than I do. It was on um the Power Hour podcast, one of our favourites. And um, she said that when she goes to look at um, photos after events, just for her own kind of, she wants to see her photos from her events, perfectly legitimate reason. As I would if I she was, might you know, want, I know, jumping however many metres exactly. at these unbelievable events against all these top athletes. Um, or she wants to go and find a bit of content for her Instagram or whatever. Um, she said that, she notices when she is feeling in her best physical shape and she's toned and looking muscular and looking strong, mm. there's less photos of her as opposed to when she's not quite as lean and as her muscles aren't quite as prominent. And I think that is shocking. I think that's so counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. I, you'd presume when you're feeling your best, you're looking and feeling as powerful as you can, that would be like at the height of your kind of exposure or like airtime with photos but it's not that's because that's deemed as too masculine is that do you think yeah, that's I, the quite possibly i mean no one can say that for sure we don't no. know but like the fact that she's picked up on things like that and that's not yeah. something that me or you would notice because we don't see all these event photos but for her to actually go on and find that out i think that would that would really upset me if I knew that I was performing at my best, looking my best, in my best physical condition, and there were less photos of me, as opposed to when I was just, I don't know, not not performing at such a high level, um, I would be really upset. I think that also shows the mental resilience and mental um, mental competition that, that athletes have to face as well. It isn't just a physical performance all the time, it is a lot, not just mental, on and off the field. Mm-hmm. I think that's... I think that's so true. And I think that, I, I do think it's getting better. I think that there has, you know, all this kind of um, strong, not skinny stuff. And a lot of that has um, changed how females feel about their own bodies. And it's okay to be muscular. But I think some things that still get said about female athletes is just... Because there is this massive myth, and I'd love for you to bust this. Please be my <laughs> guest. The weights make you bulky. And oh, I, can, I can't go into... I think this is another reason women don't go into the weight section. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to get bulky. I don't want to get big. Yeah. 
And I think it it just depends on how you're training. I think the most I was lifting was maybe about a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, and I was like loving the gym at that point. And it's the leanest I've been because weights, they tone you as well. And it like, that's the best I've ever felt in my body is when I was like really bashing out the weights in the gym and I was um, regularly lifting and I was lifting heavy as well. And it just tones you up so much. And I don't know, that's that's the body type I like. I like like seeing my muscles and, and feeling and looking, yeah like, and looking strong. strong I don't like it when I like look at my stomach and there's not any definition there because I I want that definition that's part of being an athlete and that's part of I don't know what who I am I guess I think it's really interesting you touch on that because there will always be an element of aesthetics that come into play here I mean athletes please correct me again if I'm wrong as I can't uh, quite call myself an international <laughs> athlete um there is obviously a huge emphasis on performance and training for performance, but everyone is human and there will be some kind of part um, of, a, of an aesthetical attraction to training as well, perhaps with most people. So I think it's really important that you have touched on that, that for you, encompassing all of it. Yeah. Uh, the is interesting. But it's funny because I guess you're what you want to see from your own body differs with what you want to achieve. Muscly. So I find when I look at myself in the mirror and I'm not as muscly or I'm not quite as lean as I like to be, I don't I don't mind. I don't think, oh, I, I don't like how I look right now. I just know that that's not where I should be for what I want to perform. Um, and I think that's over the past wee while I went back and living in college as you know and I've struggled a bit with the nutrition side of things because I've um, started to have meal I'm fully catered this year so my meals are all made for me and I just kind of have to go with the flow and what is on is on and I've struggled a bit with that because it's very easy to be tempted to things that I don't need for example dessert every meal um but I think that's and it just it affects how you it affects how you feel in yourself because I know that I'm not eating to um fuel my performance. performance as much as I should be and I think it's not even just the, about not eating dessert don't get me wrong you have to listen to your body and if your body wants a bit of chocolate cake your body wants a bit of chocolate cake have your cake and eat it people have your cake and eat it um but it's about how that makes you feel over a extended period of time mm. And um, that can be health-wise or, like, um, fatigue-wise. And I think that it does play a massive part on how you are feeling, like, mentally, but also physically. It's very interesting that all does roll back into mm-hmm. this performance. Sadly, not all of us can perform at such a high level. <laughs> but, I mean, interestingly, people who we look up to um, within the media, like we have touched on, there is a huge differentiation between... Uh, between sports with pay airtime viewers i know this culture is changing um within hockey what is the the media representation of that does it get a lot of media attention i mean it's getting much more attention i would say i think the um women's team at rio they were incredible and inspiring not not just to people who are playing the sport but people out with it people who hadn't really heard much about hockey before and you've got these 16 or 31 as they like to say amazing athletes who have just gone and won gold against the odds yeah and they were incredible and so inspiring and um i think there's been a lot more attention afforded to hockey post that i would say do you think that actually stemmed from 
the 2012 Olympics, being in London, you know, inspire a generation. Yeah. The success they had there uh, was unbelievable. And it kind of filtered through into mm. that, definitely. And I think the participation in hockey has definitely gone up, um, which is great. I love it. I love that there's more and more hockey camps um, going around at summers or um, just little two-day camps that pop up. And being able to coach at those is fab as well. I absolutely love it. So you do do a lot of coaching um, as well as training. I don't know, how how do you fit that in? <laughs> so coaching I usually do in um, the summer or I, well, I coach a bit at the uni. Um, just I do a bit with uh, our squad B and a bit with the women's threes. Shout out women's threes. Um, and that, that's great. But I also just love coaching with kids. I just, kids are fab. They're great. They just ask everything that they want to ask and um they're just so keen and when you get a kid that's keen it's unreal i just love it i love that it definitely is probably more inspiring for you as well just like this child is so excited to be there and learn and i mean i don't like i don't consider obviously i'm so pleased with my um own achievements and stuff through hockey but i don't consider myself any i don't know i don't think i'm like a big dog or whatever at all but I think that some kids when they think oh wow you've you've played for Scotland they're like wow that's so cool and you're like yeah okay I suppose that's thanks. pretty cool thanks you're so cute like let me teach you things <laughs> which they is great. ask you where you've been camps yeah countries. they love it and then <laughs> some of the kids at camps are like can you sign my hockey stick like, I don't know what you're going to oh, do with I my signature that. but sure <laughs> I tell you what, give it a couple of years worth millions yeah no it's so cute <laughs> I love it and then they're just so energetic and they just they want to know everything um, and they just ask everything and it can be it can be hockey related it could be life related it could be totally inappropriate but you know they're kids <laughs> and they get away with it so I love that that's so good because participation levels within female sport is a significantly lower than the male participation this stems mm-hmm. from a young age like we, like we said I think it's maybe could be down to lack of access according to the Women's Sport Foundation, girls have 1.3 million fewer opportunities to play high school sports than boys do. Um, that's that's a huge disparity. Um, and this can also lead to a decreased quality of experience. Basically, in short, sports just aren't as fun for or deemed as fun um, for females or girls rather than boys. Maybe perhaps a disparity within facilities as well. Yeah, um, I certainly remember at my school, um, I think it was, was it primary five? So that's, oh, heck, I don't know how to put that in English terms. Um, when you are about 12-ish, um, and that was when you started doing sport at the end of the day after school. And um, at the time, it was only rugby, so only the boys could do rugby. But there was nothing, there wasn't an option for the girls. And the girls couldn't play rugby? Um, no, so my mum wrote in and was like, well, if... And I think, I can't quite remember how it happened, but it was either that we weren't allowed to play rugby or my mum had said, like, well, if you're not going to offer something else, then Lauren, I'll just play rugby with the boys. And um, after that, I think hockey was introduced at that age. It, but it wasn't until the following year that girls were allowed to play hockey. Um, and from, I mean, for me... I was one of these people who played football at school with the boys in the 
at lunchtime and stuff and that didn't really bother me but um and I did play rugby when I was younger um with my friend Mackenzie and I think it got to the stage where we're coming off every match crying and I think that was enough of that but um it was certainly like very from younger ages it wasn't till later that girls had the kind of same opportunities mm-hmm. um whether that be in the same sports or different sports it, it wasn't even an option yeah it's really really interesting um quite sad though although that is changing i think with lots of campaigns for example this girl can from nike i think there has been a massive drive to get both um younger girls and women of all ages into sport at any level be that joining a running club doing a park run on saturday Mm -hmm. doing group exercises fitness class gym outside sport in general i think there has been this massive push which is brilliant I think it's so interesting that you say about group exercise. I think that's massive and definitely something I found being part of a team. Mm. Um, I just love a team environment and because you have more reason than just yourself, you're doing everything else for your team. Um, And I think even if that's just meeting up with your friend and going on a run, like you've got someone else to hold you kind of accountable for that. Like if I say that I'm meeting you at 7am on a Friday morning, when that alarm goes off and I'm like, oh, it's cold outside. You better get yourself there. I better get myself there because I will be I, <laughs> you will be waiting. Um, and I like. I think that's massive. I think it's great doing exercise with other people. I think massively spurs you on, and um, definitely. And my um, friend Carrie Ann has just recently joined Durham, so we're doing a lot of our Scotland stuff together now. We're um, doing our conditioning together, our speed together, and having someone else do that do that with you is fab. It just really, Does really pressure on. Does it add a bit of competition as well? Um, she definitely makes me run quicker. Oh. Yeah. We do this thing when we do our speed that one of us starts before the other and we alternate to each rep. So um, I'll start off and she'll chase me or, I'll, or she'll start off and I'll chase her. So yeah, definitely, definitely makes us work a bit harder. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that you've uh, mentioned that you can hold yourself accountable, but the effects of sport go far beyond that, the self-confidence the teamwork leadership but according to the times as well i don't know if you've seen this but it turns out that playing a competitive sport gives women a business advantage i know this is something you're very interested in doing um, a master's in business but research by the consultancy firm ernest and young has shown that 94 percent of senior female executives have played competitive sport uh, 52 percent of which were at university level it's 2017 report why female athletes make winning entrepreneurs identified five winning attributes confidence focus passion to succeed the ability to lead and inspire and the ability to view failure as feedback so it kind of shows that when competing on the field sportswomen learn that winning requires a healthy attitude to risk they learn to silence negative thoughts to pick themselves up after a loss and there is no iron team, like you said. It's such, it's such a powerful thing being in a team. Yeah, definitely. And I think that if you are able to go and say to a potential employer, "Oh, look, I was in this team and I led this team, and this is how we got through this," and oh, actually, this was a really busy time for me. Look how I managed my time. Like that's very impressive skills to have. I think. Well, I hope. <laughs> um, and yeah, no, definitely. I think that's. Um, that bit of like research that you've just highlighted there I think that's something that's becoming more um, prominent mm-hmm. yeah no, it's interesting that along with the, the physical and mental 
direct impact sports has it's like endorphins like mm-hmm. helping you kickstart your day it also has so many skills that transcend into work life and daily life yeah definitely people maybe girls like you said looking up to role models in sport these fantastic female athletes are they gaining within all sports not just hockey um airtime i mean can we talk about disparity between different sports um yeah i think that i remember in part as part of my undergrad we did a um kind of research thing where we basically looked at um newspaper covers and we went through and we like looked at the um photos that were in about women and males and definitely so many more photos of male athletes and um, is this across all sports sorry i mean i don't want to say anything that i'm not 100 percent sure on um but it was just kind of that was kind of our overall okay. findings that we kind of came to and um it was even just like the difference in photos that were picked so um quite often photos of male athletes will be them performing in their sport mm-hmm. it will be them sprinting or kicking a ball or whatever but for females it tends to be kind of um like an actual like nice photo of them and photo of them smiling or photo of them pre not an action shot not an action shot and I think that was quite interesting for me um I just found that why wouldn't um you put in a photo of a female dominating in her sport yeah and again I say the word dominating that's not a word that's regularly used about women or power or strong Mm -hmm. like that's those words in the media are definitely definitely afforded to males and females kind of it all kind of gets like glossed around and it's sometimes it's about made, how they look it is made quite pretty isn't it yeah. things try to feminized yeah exactly it's and feminized look what they're wearing like they're nice co-ord set when they're playing tennis actually they yeah. just smashed a however yeah. many miles an hour serve and they've made how many aces and that exactly hasn't been touched on and i think there was um something about serena williams and something about her she had us she had nike made her some suit thing post her um pregnancy and um people were not only giving her um sexist abuse about that but racist abuse as well and for someone serena williams i think she is a phenomenal athlete she is 100 percent one of my role models um and I, I think she's great and it's really sad to see that someone who is so high achieving in their sport and high achieving across tennis as a whole mm. if you think tennis you do think serena williams oh, um and I think for someone like that to receive that kind of media attention is... It's pinpointing and kind of identifying the tiny, minute details, which are trivial, actually. Yeah. Interesting you mentioned tennis, because Forbes have recently said that the US Open was the first tournament to offer equal prize money to men and women back in 1973. And tennis is still one of the prime outlets for the highest-earning female athletes taking up eight out of ten slots. I mean, Serena Williams and her sister Venus are mm-hmm. well up there in those slots. Yeah. Uh, Serena being the, taking the, the highest one. Yeah. It's one of the only sports where earnings are kind of in the same universe as they are for men. It's often the case that men in most sports earn a lot more than women. Um, for example, in basketball, an average salary in the NBA is a hundred times more than their female counterparts in the WNBA. I think that's crazy. A hundred times. I know basketball is huge in the States and not as big in England, but we can kind of 
use that as a, a signifier for the pay difference across a, a number of sports which men and women well, women mm-hmm. are feeling the effects of. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's tricky because if you look at a sport like football, that has for years been a male-dominated sport. And I think it's tricky because if you look at the um, amount of fans that you get at football games mm-hmm. and um, just the general attention that football gets, um, it's difficult to say, oh, well, women should be getting equal pay. I, th- I think when it's um, something like that and you've got such a large fan base and if you think about the sponsorships and the advertisements and stuff that are all thrown into that and the sport for women isn't as big and that's a very tricky situation because at the end of the day they're still playing a football game they're still representing a club or whatever but it's not it's not had the chance to get as large as male football has and I think how do you then quantify that? I think as well females and men have got to actively well first of all play but also watch sport they've got to invest their time into watching it to um supporting it Mm -hmm. across all different sports if you're interested in tennis watch the female cup as well as the men's yeah i think as you mentioned there people aren't going to give it more airtime unless it has more viewers yeah exactly Exactly, definitely about demand. Like you can't put it on the telly if no one's going to watch it. But I don't think I don't think that's the case anymore. I I think that people wanting to watch female sport is definitely increasing. I mean, I find female athletes just as impressive as male athletes. I don't know why you wouldn't want to watch it. No, I think I think it's changing. You're very right. Hopefully, this will inspire more people to to watch the women's game as well as the male game. Yeah. Um. Thank you so much. Our time has come to an end. How do you feel about doing a quick fire round? I would love to do a quick fire round, memes. Right. This is quick fire with Lorna. Lie in or work out? Work out. Weights or cardio? Cardio. Biggest role model? She's at the top of my head, Serena Williams. Your least favourite part of training? The warm-up. The warm-up? The warm-up. I hate the warm-up. Interesting. Yeah. If you could play any other sport at a national level, what would it be? Football. Now, pasta or porridge to fuel that game? Porridge. It's got to be. And on that note, thank you so much, Lorna. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've learned a lot and feel very inspired to play as many sports as I now can and also watch all the women's sports um, to try and increase that demand and get them more airtime. Are there any final words or takeaways which you'd like to leave our listeners with? I just think that it's so important that you do what you want to do. I don't, I think that we need to challenge um, stereotypes that have been created in society for so long. And I think that if you want to go into the weight section, if you don't feel 100% confident, why not? You, it doesn't matter what you lift. It doesn't matter what you do in there. Like, if it's what you want to do, then you should do it 100%. Love that. Thank you so much, Lorna. It's been an absolute pleasure.